The COVID-19 pandemic is over, or is it? Today, we get honest about the ways that the pandemic still impacts our relationships, our work, and our health, and what to do about it. You're listening to Honest Women, the podcast for every woman who's trying to juggle the relationships, roles, and responsibilities that come with modern womanhood and finding it all just a little harder than she thought it would be. We're your hosts, Andrea Berkeley and Jessica Hutchison, your new besties who just happen to be therapists. And while we believe that life is hard and there's no tip or trick that will solve that, it does get just a little bit easier when we can be real with each other and talk about it honestly. You're listening to Honest Women. Hey, Jess. Hey, girl. How you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. So let me tell you what happened to me this week. I went in for a doctor's visit, just an annual checkup. And this is what happens every time I go to the doctor now, every time, because my doctors know I'm a therapist, and so they want to talk to me about what's going on in the world. Oh. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. So I'm there, and, you know, we kind of wrap up the visit, and my doctor says, so um, people are not okay. I'm like, yeah. She said, I – they're just – they're not – people are not okay. And I think that people who do my work – this is the doctor speaking – they just – they don't ask because they don't have time to deal with it. But you can see it. Like, they're not okay. And we kind of just looked at each other like, yeah. And she said, are you still really busy? I said, yeah. But you can refer people to me. It's fine. I'll help them find a place. I'm not the only therapist that this has happened to. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I just had my office mate. This happened to her like Three weeks ago. Oh, yeah. She went to the primary care doctor and they were like, help me because the people are not okay. So we're living in this really bizarre time. The pandemic is over. I think it's been officially declared over. Did you read that? I don't know. I stopped reading news on the pandemic a long time ago because I can't deal. I got to be honest. I can't tell you. And it depends on what state you're in. You know, like if I traveled in one state, it ended two years ago. If I'm in another state, they're like, good news, it ended. And it's like, wait, what? (laughs) What's happening? I know. Yeah. Regardless of whether there is an official statement that it's over, that it's qualified as this or classified as that, you know, whether we have any restrictions on our lives anymore, it it's it doesn't things aren't totally normal. Nor will they be. Ever. No. How I have explained it to many is that COVID was our war. When we were in a global pandemic and we were facing schools being shut down and lockdowns and whatnot, that was our war. And this Mm -hmm. whole idea that now it's over, it really, really makes my blood boil because that's like Mm -hmm. telling somebody who just came home from war that it's all over and to get over it and keep going. When they are trying to adapt to a world that no longer makes sense. So right now, when we talk about is COVID over, well, sure, the restrictions from COVID have been lifted, but we are all now trying to adapt back to this world that no longer looks the same. It no longer makes sense. So many things have changed. We're just now getting started. This isn't the end. This is the beginning, my friend. Yeah, girl. Preach. I got to take a breath. So I'm hearing you say, (laughs) yeah, no, I'm not seeing this as over. This is just the beginning of a different time. Exactly. Let me start with a story. 
and I want to say this was back in 2020, and I was sitting in my kitchen sobbing, which isn't always out of the norm for me. But at this moment, I'm just <laughs> sobbing. And Dan comes around, my husband comes around, and, and he sees me sobbing. And it was kind of that like, oh, man, she saw me. I can't back away. Like, no, I'm, <laughs> I, I can't just go and like get a cup of water. Like, crap, you know, look on his face. And he looks at me and he says, what's going on? Like, everything okay? I'm like, no, it's, it's not okay. And he's like, okay, what happened? I'm like, well, nothing happened. Not yet. But sidebar here, I specialize in sudden and traumatic loss. And going back to my story here is I looked at my husband and I said, what we are doing right now is going to lead to catastrophic mental health implications mm -hmm. and people are going to die, mm -hmm. not just of COVID, but it's going to be bad. So then circle back to these conversations in doctor's offices. Mm -hmm. It is really hard for me because I want to say I shouted this from the rooftops for years. So now when I get the nobody's okay, it is really hard to not say, yeah, no shit. <laughs> Saw this coming. We actually did have lots and lots of research to draw from to say this could be problematic. Not a don't do this, do that, but can we just look at both sides of the equation here to make sure we're making the best decision based on X, Y, and Z? Right. And maybe even to say there are no easy answers here. Absolutely. And certain people during the pandemic felt like we had a very straightforward right answer. Oh, and yeah. sure, we had a right answer. We had a right step. And that right step also came with so many impacts and implications. So we were making maybe a decision to favor this kind of health while not acknowledging openly that this was going to impact this kind of health, right? 100%. And then people were so busy shouting about, no, look over here, look over here. No, it's like this, it's like that, that we also suffered these horrible relational stresses and strains. Horrible. And so that's the first way I think that the pandemic impacted us. It impacted our relationships from top to bottom. In every single direction, mm -hmm. the friendships that have been lost as a result mm -hmm. of it, yeah. long, long standing friendships where two people just did not see eye to eye. And instead of finding a place to agree to disagree, right? That's the same. Right. They ended the relationship. We had such a low window of tolerance because we were all going through such high levels of stress. There was such a low window of tolerance. Or families. Mm -hmm. Still, you look at family gatherings and they've been forever changed. And there are relationships that have not been repaired. Because so many people couldn't say, this is a complicated issue. So many people couldn't look at someone else and say, hey, you're doing the best you can. And- we had a lot of people walking around who need to own some shit right now, right? Oh, yeah. If you were horrible to somebody during the pandemic, you can look at yourself and say, hey, I was doing the best that I could. No one was playing with a full deck, okay? And I was an asshole. I hurt somebody mm -hmm. that I used to care about or I hurt somebody in my community and that needs to be addressed, and so there's just a lot of people walking around right now who have been hurt, who have done hurting. We probably all fell on both sides. 100%. And some of those relationships are lost. Mm -hmm. They're certainly strained. I agree with the, we've all been on both sides 
we have hurt and we have been hurt. Mm. And I miss humility so much. The ability to say, you know what? I was wrong. Mm -hmm. And I didn't see that. I was wrong. I truly thought that what I was doing at this time was the best option. And it might have been the best option for me, but I really did not consider somebody else's position in it. And I'm sorry, or I'm going to do better next time. And that has been just removed, the ability Mm -hmm. to say, maybe I got it wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, one really specific place where I see this when you were talking about family is around holiday gatherings. So we had a number of holidays that came and went during the pandemic years, and people dealt with those in different ways. Some people didn't gather. And for every family that didn't gather, there was someone who said, why aren't we? Or people started to gather and some people said, will you test to come to the gathering? Or will you wear a mask to come to the gathering? And some people felt put out by being asked to do that. And some people felt put out by the fact that someone wasn't asking. And every way that you turned, people were trying to do the best thing that they could at the time. And it felt hurtful, right? So I definitely work with people now who carry that heavy weight of, I wanted to see you and you wouldn't test to come to the holidays. Or I wanted to see you and you said I had to test to come to the holidays. Mm -hmm. And there was nothing wrong with either plan. And so now with a little bit of humility, maybe we could go back to one another and say, I know that I needed something in that time or I know that I required something in that time. And I know you didn't see things the same way. And I can tell that our relationship has changed. It's strained. It's hurt. And I didn't do anything at that time to hurt you. That wasn't my intent, but I can see that it hurts. And I want you to know that you're important to me. And I hope we can move forward. I love that. I love that. Acknowledging what we may have done and what we maybe could have done differently is such an important part of healing. And I truly believe moving forward won't happen until we're able to acknowledge what we didn't get right with one another, with these really important relationships that we had. Right. And even to back up one step, it's not even just about getting it right, because we have got to remove this idea that there was a right or wrong choice. We were clinging to right and wrong. Say louder for the people in the back. We have got to remove (laughs) the idea that there was a right or wrong choice, Mm -hmm. that there was a right or wrong path. When people become afraid, which we were, don't even talk to me about not being afraid. Everyone was afraid. I can tell how afraid people were and how much stress we were under because of how friggin' rigid we became. Oh, yeah. When you are afraid or when your body is just awash in stress, which we all were. You become very, very rigid, very, very locked into this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, very, very defensive. You lose all your flexibility, right? So you don't even have to say to somebody, I got it wrong. You could just say to somebody, I can see that there was an impact, right? Or even saying, I'm sorry I hurt you. Right. And I love that you brought up the topic of fear. Because that is something that I actually do agree on from the collective standpoint of everybody was afraid of something, whether that be mental health implications, whether that be the actual physical manifestations of COVID and what that would look like, whether that was the world ending, you name it. 
everybody was afraid of something during those years Mm -hmm. and still to this day, but really during those years and what you saw was a very reactive world. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling somebody that I hated going to the grocery store because I'm an empath by nature. Mm -hmm. So I just, you walk into my office and I just know right away what you're feeling because I can feel it. Man, did that manifest as belly aches as a child, but now I just know it and the importance of boundaries because of it. But when I would walk into the grocery store, whoo, could I feel everybody's stress and anxiety? Mm-hmm. And it was so heavy. And that's what our world was for a long time. We were mm-hmm. all trying to survive. Right. And being judged for decisions at the same time. Oh my God. Right. So we're all in this survival oh. mode while simultaneously judging everybody if they made a different decision than what was best for you. Right, right. Because we had to cling to our right and wrong because we were afraid. And again, people might say, I wasn't afraid. Okay, you're a human who lives in a body. So there was just actually no way for you to go through all of that time without stress. You didn't have to lay in bed at night going, what if, what if, what if, right? For our anxious friends, you did that for like a few years. Oh, yeah. Right? But even if your coping mechanism is to compartmentalize and to move back in stress, it was still happening. And by the way, in stress, we tend to do one of two things. This is something that Jess and I firmly believe as couples therapists. We tend to either move in and we feel everything Mm -hmm. or we move back and we wait for all the stress to pass. Oh, yeah. We don't want any part of that. So this had a huge impact on marriages. Big time. Because what I see inside my office, because I don't really pay attention outside of my office. Everybody always thinks we do. We don't. It's only inside of our office. Let me just put that out there. But from couples I worked with is usually one is a mover inner and one's a mover outer. Mm -hmm. And this was really hard, especially when we look at the whole working from home thing that became a thing during the past couple of years. Man, do I have couples that have really started struggling because both partners were working at home together when they haven't done that ever. Right. Around each other all the time with opposite coping mechanisms, right? I feel all the things. I'm worried about all the things. I'm very aware of all these impacts. I want to talk about them. That's how I feel safe. And you move back. So I need you to be there. You need me to not be feeling all the things, right? You need there to be peace. We miss each other. Mm -hmm. And we're in the house 24-7. Nobody leaves. It was rough. Heck yeah. So I will admit that that's half the reason I never stopped going to my own office. Yeah, girl. At the time of 2020, I was in a group practice, so it was a little bit different. I hadn't gone off on my own yet, but I continued to go to my group practice, one, because it was that hard for both of us to try to do our jobs at home. And we were fortunate enough to still have a childcare provider who still came. God bless her. I will forever acknowledge how lucky I am to have had that because it allowed me to continue doing my job. If it weren't for that, I would not have been able to. Can't be interrupted when you're in therapy. Yeah, so you were able to go into work and continue to go into work. I was also part of a group practice and the office kind of shut down. And we had to overnight go from doing a job that we only did in person where the work that we do is so personal, so interpersonal, it relies on sharing space. And overnight, we had to learn to do the job that we do totally online. And it was exhausting. And we were not the only people who had to completely change the way that we worked. Big time. 
It was a very fast transition, but I did continue to see people in person. I never stopped. The amount of criticism I got for that is quite up there, but nobody asked why. That was the interesting thing. Everybody had a comment about why I did that. Not Mm. a nice one. Nobody asked me why. Mm. And had they, I would have responded with such a good chunk of people that I see in my practice is sudden and traumatic loss. It is unexpected death. It is suicide. It is homicide. It is Mm -hmm. violent, violent car crashes. I am often all they have left. And that I take very seriously. And I will also say that what you learn if you've experienced a sudden and traumatic loss is there is nothing you can do to prevent death. Mm -hmm. There's things you could do to mitigate the risk Mm -hmm. and to try But to actually 100% be able to prevent it, it's just not possible. And it is a really difficult thing to work through when you experience that type of loss. So when COVID happened, there was a very large group of people who have experienced a sudden death and thought, I'm going to do everything in my power to protect myself and those around me. But I also know that I can't 100% protect myself and I Mm -hmm. also want to live because I've watched somebody that I love very much get their life taken away Mm -hmm. by something. And that was a hard one Mm -hmm. for the outside world. It was kind of this or that where it was both. When you've lost somebody really suddenly and tragically, you just have a different worldview than a lot of people. Nobody asked you about it, but it's a great conversation to have with somebody. Right. Would have been. Would have been. Would have been nice to have somebody be curious instead of being judgmental. And again, we do our best to say, okay, well, people were not great and repair where we can, but some of these relationships where there was judgment instead of curiosity, they just can't be repaired. Right. Some of these workplaces where there was judgment instead of curiosity, you got to leave. Yeah. I went back to work in the office once it was a little bit more acceptable. Also, once I had COVID. Because I got that shit out of the way. You had it early. I remember that. I did. You had it early. I, I had it early and again faced the judgment of the entire world. It Ugh. felt like it was so yeah. fucking horrible because we were conscientious. I was a person just like everybody else doing the best that I could. Did not do anything egregious to get COVID. I know who I got it from. I don't really know how. Um, Spoiler alert, it was a highly contagious airborne illness. So there's that. I think I got it from breathing, which I really enjoy doing. I do. I really enjoy breathing. And I got it bad and it was horrible. And we all came out not totally 100% better, but it's okay. And by the time we crossed over, we were like, well, fuck it, you know? Let's live. I mean, I should be immune for at least some period of time, even with a weak immune system. And also, like you said, there was more than one iron in the fire. Yeah. It wasn't just about catching COVID or not. It was about overall health. And as someone who worked in mental health and also struggled during the pandemic with the ravages of that stress and isolation, I knew I needed to leave my house I knew I needed to see people in person Hmm. and I knew they needed that for me. And I knew they needed to be able to practice in a safe-ish place one-on-one because that was a hard transition for a lot of people. And it took a long time. I mean, still working on that in some ways, trying to deal with social anxiety that's come up, trying to deal with fear of public places, trying to deal with being out in the world on your own. 
we, we still have people dealing with all of those things. Everywhere. And I think if we all just take a step back and just look, everybody just came home from their own war and we're all trying to adapt. And that is one thing that we collectively as a society do share. We forgot somewhere along the way, we forgot that we all are trying to adapt to a new world that looks very different than it did before. And for some people, it's embracing life and I want to live. And for other people, it's I'm, I'm really scared. I'm scared to go back into this world. I'm scared to be around people. And everybody has a story to share. And we're all trying to just get back to some mm -hmm. sense of stability, not even normalcy. I don't no. know that that even exists. It's more stability. And like you're saying, Jess, I mean, the ground might feel a little more stable and we're still working towards that, right? But some things have really, really changed. And one of oh, the yeah. things that we hinted on was our work. So, so many people who never worked from home a day in their lives now work from home almost all the time. That is not without its downsides as well. We were just talking about when we have a husband working from home and our children are home. This is a fun game, right? Where we're like, oh. hey guys, like let's somehow <laughs> do our day. And also you make no noise. Also, your voice is too loud. Can you please stop fighting with your sister? No, no, no. Shh, 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 shh. The level of oh, stress that so I have trying stressful. to manage that. Or the dog is barking or someone comes to the door. Please don't do that. Or why are you yelling again? Oh. You know? So it's this high stress all the time. And the level of stress that I feel if I'm working from home, this, mm, we lost our boundaries. And for women who already have, I think, very loose mm. boundaries around work and home, this is like a hellscape, okay? So I'm working from home, but I know like the laundry needs to get done. And I feel like somehow I'm supposed to do my job and also get the laundry done. Or I'm working from home and people need to eat dinner. And it feels like somehow I'm supposed to be able to do both of those things. Pulled in so many directions. So whether it's my spouse working from home or it's me working from home, there are some challenges. Big time. And I love that you brought up the idea of boundaries because I do see this. And 90% of the reason that I come into my office, the days that I see, not even just the days that I actually have clients coming in, sometimes when we're recording, I have a very hard time switching hats. I have a therapist Jessica hat. I have a wife hat. I have a mother hat. I have a friend hat. And I have a really hard time wearing those mm -hmm. all at the same time. That is my recipe for disaster. I very much as an individual have to come into my office to put on my therapist Jessica hat. And when I walk out the door, I take off that therapist Jessica hat so I can be these other things. And it is hard for women to wear all of these different hats, which they had to do and still have to do, those who are still working from home or don't have any other mm -hmm. option of wearing those all at one time. Mm -hmm. It is a recipe for burnout right there. Yeah. You know what people lost, Jess, is they lost that transition. Ooh, because yes. when you drive to your office, you get to put on your therapist hat. And when you drive home, you get to put on your mom or wife hat. But when you get off a call and 14 seconds later, you have to break up a fight because your kids are fighting right outside the door because nope. that's what they do. Yep. There's no transition. And if you are a stay-at-home mom <laughs> and you guys went through this transition where your spouse then is home working from home, 
some fool just rolled up into your work, right? That fool's on like a conference call, talking out loud, walking back and forth. (laughs) You feel like he's watching what you do. You know, it always felt so hard to sit down and take a break, which everyone deserves. Everybody. But then you feel like he can't see me like folding laundry while I watch Real Housewives, which is a totally reasonable thing to do because he's in there doing that. Or you see that he has flexibility in his day that you do not in yours. Exactly. Isn't it fascinating? We were talking about the weight of judgment within the world. Mm -hmm. And now it's really talking about the weight of judgment within our walls of our home Mm -hmm. with our partners. Mm -hmm. And I was guilty of it being like, well, it must be nice to be able to, you know, take an hour lunch break. Mm -hmm. I was guilty of the judgment 100%. Or what would you say you do all day? Yeah. Kind of comments. Mm -hmm. And that judgment that we felt outside of the house followed us. I mean, it continued inside of our homes. It was nonstop and still is for some people, you know, for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think part of that leads into this last little segment of ways that I think that COVID is still really impacting us. It's that it impacts our health. And I think that when we don't take care of our physical and mental and emotional selves, we tend to be like not as nice. We tend to be not as generous. We tend to be more judgmental. We tend to be more reactive. And so I feel like living in anxiety for so long, living with stress for so long, living with the change of the world for so long, with chaos and relationships, with all of it, it really changed how our bodies are functioning. There's actually this really interesting concept called neuroplasticity, which basically just means that our brains can change based on the things that we learn that we experience based on memory. And it doesn't just change the function, it changes the structure. This is a really crazy idea if you think about it. So when things happen out there, you know, the world is stressful, it's falling apart, it's chaotic, that changes in here. There's no way around that. If you're a human and you have a brain, your brain is constantly changing. And it changed in some not great ways. Living with that level of stress for that long laid down some tracks in your brain that mm, maybe made you not as nice or easy breezy or positive or whatever, resilient as you used to be. And the good news is it will change back if you start treating yourself well and addressing some of these basic health concerns. But it's not going to happen overnight. No, no. Quick side note, neuroplasticity is Mm -hmm. like what I tell myself when I'm going to bed and I have like tremendous mom guilt for something I did. I'm like, neuroplasticity, I can fix it. (laughs) (laughs) I am a huge dork. I do realize that, but it helps me sleep at night knowing that I can change my own brain still or my and my kids. Right. There's always tomorrow, friend. It's late on a different experience tomorrow. (laughs) Exactly. But the health, you know, bringing it back. That is one thing that I have seen come out. I'm a glorified hippie from Colorado. Mm -hmm. I like to say that I was a hippie before it was cool to be a hippie. And I do see people talking about it a lot more than I did before. And I am happy about that. I think that's a a topic we will discuss in future sessions or sessions. This isn't a session. This is a podcast. (laughs) This is not therapy. I have therapist Jessica hat on. That's so funny, but a future show to be discussed because we really are what we eat. Right. And we really do need to sleep. Oh, I love sleep. I went to bed at 8.30 last night. Yeah, girl. 
I really needed to. Oh, it felt so good. I went to bed late last night. I'm a hot mess. I did all the wrong things. I was on my computer. I couldn't fall asleep. I was wired. What the heck? I know better than this, but you know, being a human, living in a body, taking care of that body, this is what I call the unsexy work of being healthy. Mentally, physically, emotionally, it requires day in, day out, effort towards meeting our basic needs, managing stress, staying connected to other people, maybe not doing things that you know are not so good for you, that, you know, culturally got real acceptable during the pandemic, you know, maybe. yeah, we got to circle back to that topic for sure. Mm -hmm. So our health needs our attention again. So we have our relationships that changed and need healing. We have our work that changed that really requires examination and boundaries because some of these changes were not helpful but have become the norm overnight. And then we have our health that needs our attention again. And this is why we feel like the pandemic, it's over, but the impact is not. Oh yeah, not even close. So to the women who are listening to this episode who have been carrying, and we know it was you ladies, carrying an unbelievably heavy load for the past few years just to get us to the point of surviving and who will probably be the ones doing the emotional, relational work of healing our relationships, managing discussions and bargaining around work and reclaiming our health and the health of our families. If you're burnt out and depleted, if you're feeling the strain of carrying that burden for the past few years and you know in your gut we're not good yet, it's not your fault. You are not alone And we will get through this together in time if we can continue to be honest with one another about what's happened over the past few years and what's still happening now. And last thing I will say is take a look at your relationships and the ones that really meant a lot to you and still mean a lot to you. I hope you look at can they be repaired? The ones that have been severed, the ones that we criticize, the ones that we held judgment to, the ones that we felt judgment from and criticism from and say, is there an honest conversation that I can have with somebody I care about to hear a different perspective or to offer a different perspective? I do believe that the way forward is through honest conversation. Can you believe it? We just spent 30 minutes talking about COVID and no one broke out into hives or got into a brawl. Feels pretty good, doesn't it? We absolutely love having these honest conversations for you and have heard back from so many of you that these 30 minutes really reflect what you're going through in your own life. So we want to make sure that you don't miss a single minute of the show. And the very best way to do that is by following the show. So stop what you're doing right now take a moment to go to the show page and hit that little button that says follow. That will make sure that every single episode that we create is delivered directly to you, like the little love letter that it is. Until next week, hang in there, ladies. You've been listening to Honest Women.